All the major news stories made simple and easy for your listening pleasure. We'll break it down for you in keywords. And for the segment, we're joined by Adam. Good morning. Good morning, Lena. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Yeah, it's a fine Thursday. It is a fine Thursday. <laughs> it's a hot Thursday. It's it been a hot a, week, actually. Yeah. It's going to be a hot few weeks. <sighs> A few, don't say a few weeks. That's <laughs> very ominous. Guarantee you. Right? That's according to the KMA forecast. It's not me. Oh, God, I don't yeah. control weather. Hopefully, it doesn't last too long. <laughs> We're reminding our listeners because I, I want to advise everyone to be safe, right? I mean, yeah. I think it's important to keep reminding our friends, colleagues, and our listeners that it is vital to take a look at the basics like staying hydrated, staying cool, yes. taking breaks. Do we know breaks, solar lights? Yeah, I don't know. We're in the middle of a pandemic, level four. You should be staying at home anyway. There I you mean, go. Why would you want to go out in this heat? There you Enjoy go. Enjoy the air conditioning. Speaking of which, we're going to start off with our pandemic coverage on Keyword News this morning. Let's take a look at our first keyword of the day. Record infections. Okay, that's a reason for us to be deterred mm. to spend any time outdoors. The country has been seeing yet another fresh record high in daily cases with a forecast. It may actually get worse before it gets any better. That's right. Uh, Korea reported exactly 1,784 cases as of Tuesday. That is the highest ever since Korea confirmed the first case back in January 2020. Tuesday's total didn't even reflect the 270 infected service members of the virus hit uh, Chonghe Naval Unit, the soldiers of whom have uh, come back. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, well over the uh, 1,800 mark mm -hmm. officially. Uh, well, not, not officially yet, but it, in the upcoming announcement, maybe that will be taken into account. Mm -hmm. Now, the daily caseload has remained above the 1,000 mark over the past two weeks. Uh, hence why we are under level four in the Greater Seoul area and other areas uh, such as Kangling as well outside the Seoul area mm -hmm. imposing some strict restrictions. Mm -hmm. um, this is due to the resurgence in the Greater Seoul area spreading across the nation as well. The mm. Delta variant is still causing concerns, as we said yesterday as well. I mean, we're trying to deter travel and summer vacation crowds. Mm. It seems to be the only remaining means to make sure that the, well, the daily infection numbers go down. That's right. And uh, as the summer holiday season is, as, as you mentioned, provincial governments are beginning to adopt stronger antivirus measures in major tourism spots as well. I mentioned Kangling under level 4, Busan mm -hmm. level 3 mm -hmm. could go up to level 4, who Isn't knows? Isn't Tejido under level 3 as well? Tejido under level 3, so basically these tourist hotspots yeah. these tourism hotspots where a lot of people go for the uh, summer holiday season, mm -hmm. they are basically uh, on edge as well and on alert and uh, implementing measures that fit the situation. Um, now, the government will also prohibit new entry of foreign seasonal workers and expand more accurate PCR tests for foreign arrivals. Uh, because of this Delta variant, it is a global concern as well. So there is a risk of it coming into the country rather than uh, the local transmission. Mm -hmm. Now, it will soon announce also the list of countries that will be subject to the new rule. Uh, it is also highly likely that the government will extend the level four social distancing measures in the Seoul metropolitan area uh, before their July 25th expiration. Mm -hmm. A decision will likely be announced during the weekend. Mm -hmm. I mean, some experts have said that the numbers will start to drop from uh, tomorrow or Saturday, but... Mm -hmm. At the moment, it's still well past the 1,000 mark, so we'll have to see what the central government decides on that. Mm. Um, but medical experts, even under level four, believe that stronger measures are necessary. Because unlike the previous uh, big three waves, the fourth wave is sporadic. It has yeah. been much more of a challenge to contact trace, mm -hmm. and we keep going back to the number of asymptomatic patients that we can't take into account. So all of these elements line up to, unfortunately, stricter restrictions until more people are vaccinated. That's right. It's particularly 
concerning because of this Delta variant as well, because right. you're talking about asymptomatic stuff. This yeah. Delta variant, it has a bit of a, a unique sis, uh, symptoms mm. to it, uh, mm-hmm. which are... Uh, similar to those of the common cold. So right. a lot of people will just think that they had the cold rather than COVID-19, right. where in fact they're infected with the Delta variant, uh, like a runny nose and stuff like that and sore throat. Whereas the previously dominant strain, it seemed to be the distinction was a little bit more obvious right. for at least a majority of people. Yeah, loss of taste seemed to be the, the telltale sign that right. it could be COVID-19. But the Delta variant, uh, the actual symptoms of it are closer to the cold. So... Mm. A lot of people are pretty much unaware mm. that they are they might be infected with it. So that's the context as to why the social distancing restrictions have to be implemented yeah. at strong grounds all over again. Yes. All right. And we're not going to single out South Korea. Let's take mm. a look at what's happening in the U.S. This is our second keyword of the day. Rising cases. Uh, with a huge surge in COVID-19 cases in the U.S. in the past two weeks, let's take a look at well, what's causing it and what's happening. Yes, yeah, some quite uh, frightening resurgence happening in the U.S. COVID-19 cases have tripled uh, in the United States over the two weeks amid an onslaught of vaccine misinformation. Uh, that seems to be kind of the blame mm. at the moment. Uh, across America, the seven-day rolling average for daily new cases rose over the past two weeks to more than 37,000 as of Tuesday. That's up from less than 13,700 on July 6th. So that's quite a jump. Now, health officials blame the Delta variant and the flattening vaccination rates. Mm -hmm. Just over half of the American population have gotten at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine, not even fully vaccinated, Mm -hmm. uh, despite uh, the Biden administration's kind of efforts to kind of push on with this vaccination campaign. Right. Also, what's concerning is many of the unvaccinated are among the younger and more active age groups, the 20s, the 30s and the 40s. And uh, so that's creating some more concern as well. Now, I'm talking about a vaccine hesitancy. Some churchgoers, especially in some southern states, the more conservative states, if you will, seem to be opposed to vaccinations. But mm. now churches are actually urging them to get inoculated. So the church... Um, wants to intervene. Wants to intervene and um, are encouraging and then uh, kind of going through this public campaign uh, system of right. telling its uh, churchgoers to get vaccinated. Uh, in other states, in New York City, workers in city-run hospitals and health clinics will be required to get vaccinated or get tested uh, weekly. Mm. Um, so there seems to be some measures in place to try and get as many people inoculated as possible. It's most ironic because the U.S. has an overwhelming supply of COVID-19 vaccines is, and there's yeah. a vaccine hesitation hesitancy that's a little bit more difficult to just address and I guess go up against forefront but Mm. South Korea it's kind of the complete opposite we mm. lack supply and it seems to be there's very little hesitancy to get vaccinated yeah a lot of people we know with just with this reservation systems and servers kind of crashing you know, a lot of people want to get vaccinated as right. soon as possible right right but the doses are on the way so we'll just need to wait just a little bit longer all right on to our third keyword of the day Bear market. Korea's worsening pandemic situation is also affecting the stock market. So how has it fared lately, she asked timidly. (laughs) Not very well, unfortunately. Uh, Korea's stocks have dropped for a fourth consecutive session as a Wednesday. The resurgence uh, seems to have weakened investor sentiment for risk. Of course, there's a lot of factors uh, that could suggest uh, corporate. It could affect corporate earnings and stuff like that. Uh, the benchmark Kospi and the tech-heavy Kostak, they both fell. There was some uh, bargain hunting going on in the start as investors sought to buy oversold stocks over the three sessions. It kind of lost 2% over the past three sessions before Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people were kind of uh, discount or bargain hunting. Uh, but hopes of an economic rebound uh, also backed the 
stock prices as well. But with a record high daily tally on Wednesday, jitters started to kick in again. Mm. Um, on the foreign exchange front, the Korean one also fell 3.61 against the dollar and it ended Wednesday at 11.54. Oh, that sounds peculiar. Eleven fifty four one. One thousand one hundred and fifty four one. I don't know why I read it like that. I wanted to sound special. <laughs> All right. On to our fourth keyword of the day. Tech Alliance. The pandemic has also led to supply chains for key tech products suffering. Korea and the U.S. have been seeking to resolve the issue together. Officials from both sides are reaffirming that goal. Yeah, so Mercia Binikat, mm. uh, the acting undersecretary of state for economic growth, energy and the environment, uh, said cooperation between the allies is critical to addressing the issue of the weak supply chains. As she told an economic forum that the two nations are working together to build what she called resilient, diverse and secure supply chains for critical technology. Mm. Uh, uh, from EV batteries to semiconductors, we see opportunities to enhance our competitiveness, improve our already robust relationship and create the jobs of the future for our citizens, mm. she added. Now, she also welcomed investment pledges made by Korean companies that were made during the, the Moon-Biden summit back in May. That's kind of when this whole supply chain issue and working together to resolve it kind of came about. Uh, in a key- keynote speech, Choi Jong-moon, Seoul's second vice foreign minister, underscored the importance of government support for new investments. He stressed that corporate investment can can materialise only when both governments are prepared to help with the proper policy tools. So he's basically saying mm. it's all well and good having these companies pour money into uh, trying to resolve the supply chains, but the government needs to have customized policies in order Mm -hmm. to get that money efficiently used. All right. Meanwhile, U.S. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman is in Seoul for talks with officials here. So let's take a look at what's in store there. Yeah. So she arrived here on Wednesday for a three-day visit. Uh, She's set to meet Foreign Minister Chong Yong and other Seoul officials later today. Agenda items for their talks include uh, bilateral alliance, stalled dialogue with North Korea and cooperation in tackling the pandemic as well as climate change. Sherman could also touch on China-related issues as well, which would always uh, put Mm. South Korea in a bit of a pickle because it's always in the middle between the US and China. And especially, it's a a bit of a tough situation for Korea now, especially under the Biden administration, uh, which uh, is kind of really clamping down. It's forceful about having South Korea to choose sides. Right. But strategically, they need both. Yeah, the the Biden administration overall, from the very beginning, it seemed to be very anti-China and seemed to be uh, trying to get all the allies to side Mm. with the US. So, yeah, a bit of a, a tough diplomacy challenge for South Korea at the moment. Uh, she will also meet again with her South Korean counterpart, Choi Jong-un, tomorrow. Uh, they already held a three-way meeting with their Japanese counterpart in Tokyo, where they stressed the need to resume talks with North Korea. Mm. Uh, so that will be the second meeting in a week. Uh, in her one-on-one with Choi tomorrow, though, Sherman is likely to discuss a wide range of issues, including strengthening supply chains for uh, these semiconductors and large-capacity batteries, these future uh, oriented products, basically. All right. Turning our attention to deadly weather peculiarities, here's our fifth keyword of the day. China floods. The central province of Henan has been hit with a massive deadly flood. There's just too much rain in a short time frame. So what's the latest? Yeah, uh, the current figure at the moment, at least 25 people have reportedly died in Zhengzhou uh, and the surrounding cities. At least seven people are said to have been reported missing. About 200,000 residents have been evacuated from the Henan province capital. The flooding came after torrential rains inundated central China. 
The city saw the equivalent of a year's average rain dumped on it in just three days. Mm. Imagine that. Uh, I looked at the reports and it was 20 centimetres an hour. That's 20 centimetres is quite, uh, <laughs> it's quite a depth, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 hard for us to gauge because yeah. it's it's such a rare sighting in the first place. I exactly, think. and that coming every hour, I mean, yeah. you, you can only imagine what it's going to be like. Yeah. Uh, according to Chinese authorities, the rainfall in the region was the heaviest since record keeping began 60 years ago. So it is the heaviest amount of rainfall re- ever recorded. Mm. Videos posted online showing quite some scary uh, scenes. They showed entire neighborhoods covered in waist deep water, vehicles floating in muddy waters as well. Uh, others also showed commuters just managing to keep their heads above water inside the trains of the metro. I mean, yeah. they're grabbing onto these handles, right, and it does right. look very, very scary. Uh, several dams and reservoirs have been breached. Uh, have breached warning levels. Soldiers have been mobilised to divert rivers which have burst their banks. Flights and trains, of course, in many parts of Henan have also been suspended. Uh, President Xi Jinping has described the situation as extremely severe, uh, with flood control measures entering what he called a critical state. Mm. So what will they do to take care of the damages? We'll have to wait and see. I mean, yeah. it seems that the efforts are well on its way, but it, it always mm. comes down to what's the forecast, the weather forecast like in the coming days, right? Uh, apparently it's yeah. not looking good. It's going to continue like that. So the rescue efforts will be hampered as well, unfortunately. All right, on to our last keyword of the day. Brisbane Olympics. We just started the Tokyo Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) Always looking for the next one. All right. The Olympics (laughs) is going back to Australia for the 2032 Games after Brisbane was picked to host the event. It's the third time, apparently, for Australia to host the Games. Yeah, lucky Australia. uh, (laughs) I don't know. Given the current reputation of the Olympics, I'm not Uh, quite sure. Yeah, that is a good point, actually. Yes. (laughs) Anyhow. Uh, But uh, the the Australia, well, the city of Brisbane is certainly seem to be uh, celebrating. Yeah. It will, uh, the Olympics will be returning to Australia for a third time after 32 years. Melbourne hosted in 1956 mm. uh, and then Sydney in 2000. Uh, Brisbane was chosen after a 72-5 to 5 vote of IOC member nations in Tokyo. Uh, Wednesday's decision was a f- kind of a foregone conclusion given Brisbane was the only bid city still in the running uh, and it was firmly endorsed by the IOC. Mm-hmm. Um, the IOC gave Brisbane exclusive negotiating rights back in February, effectively ending the chances of other bids from Qatar, Hungary and Germany. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty much uncontested. Uh, But they still celebrated with fireworks nonetheless. Um, (laughs) The Queensland capital city will, uh, like uh, 2028 host Los Angeles, have 11 years to prepare for hosting the game. So they have a bit of time and they Mm -hmm. have a lot of infrastructure already in place uh, over there. Just a matter of upgrading and building a few new stadiums, I guess. So maybe it's more effective for them to host the games again because they have standing infrastructures they need to fix up instead Mm. of just building from bottom right. up. I mean, that is part of the reason why mm. it has been the the kind of the only contender mm. or, or a very strong contender mm. uh, in the bid to run for the uh, host the 2032 Games. Um, so yeah, they do have a bit of time. Uh, Paris will be hosting the very next Summer Games in 2024. Uh, kind of makes me wish I was in Paris at this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps circumstances will change by then. Hopefully, hopefully. All right. Thank you very much for today's coverage. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.